think. Kay Hall is on television. Some of you might have seen her last night. Uh, today at 1 o'clock, there's a movie on the channel. Investigative Discovery Channel at 1 o'clock. So if you missed it last night, you can see Kay Hall at 1 o'clock today. Bill Hall, uh, she's dragged him into the acting bug a little bit. You see him in the Zaxby's commercial with her, likely. But one of the things you might know about Bill is he's kind of a handyman. Is that fair, Chris, is that fair to say? Uh, he, he kind of does things, so I'm going to get him to come up here and do things for Come on up here. You just stay right there, and I'm going to ask your wife something privately. Could Bill build a birdhouse? Yes. I'll ask your son, Greg's brother. Could, you, could, you, could your dad build a, a birdhouse? Yeah. Could you build a birdhouse? Would you go ahead and do that for us now? I don't have the materials. Thank you very much. You're dismissed. <laughs> Not you, you stay where you are. Not you. He's not equipped right now, do you? Fair to say? Not equipped. You ever felt you were not equipped for a particular task? I remember back 31 years ago when Jeannie and I brought Taylor home from Octavia County Hospital, Starkville, Mississippi. We were not prepared to sustain the life of a newborn and at times felt ill-equipped. And then they grow and they come to you with homework and you're usually smarter than them for the first primary years, but it doesn't take long where they come with new math. And I learned the phrase, ask your mother, and used it very often. You feel ill-equipped? When we look at the things that God asks, commands us to do, you ever felt that you weren't fully equipped to do those things? I'll just remind you of a few of them. In God's Word, we are told, Be holy as I am holy. You ever felt that you're not equipped to be holy as He is holy? We're told to go and make disciples of all nations. Ever felt ill-equipped to make a disciple? More or less, all sorts of them. We're told to love one another. Have you found that difficult at times? For everybody? Yeah, yeah. We're told to rejoice in the Lord most of the time. That's not what it says, does it? We're told to rejoice in the Lord how often? Always. You ever felt ill-equipped to do that one? We're told to fear not. You felt ill-equipped for that. We're told to forgive one another. That one's hard. We're told to let your light shine. What if you don't feel like it? We're told to do not conform to this world. That's easier said than done. We're told to bless those who persecute us. Ever felt ill-equipped for that one? Sure you have. We're told to turn the other cheek. We're told to do nothing from selfish ambition. And I just named a few. 
You ever felt ill-equipped to do any or all of those things? We're going to talk about that today. Before we go further, let us pray. Lord, today we get to look at your word and help it to be what we need. It always is. Help it to be clear. I ask that you would help me to be able to convey the message that you have for each of us. And Father, that you would remove any obstacles in our minds, our hearts, our spirits to receive it. And you would just help us to learn what you want us to learn from your word. Father, help us to know the truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Second Peter chapter 1 is where we're going to go today. I'm going to read a little bit of this section, verses 1 through 11. And then we're going to talk about these verses. This letter is from Simon Peter, a slave and apostle of Jesus Christ. I'm writing to you who share the same precious faith we have. This faith was given to you because of the justice and fairness of Jesus Christ, our God and Savior. May God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. By His divine power. God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We've received all of this by coming to know Him, the one who called us to Himself by means of His marvelous glory and excellence. And because of His glory and excellence, He has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share His divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by humans. In view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with generous provision of moral excellence. And moral excellence with knowledge. Knowledge with self-control. Self-control with patient endurance. Patient endurance with godliness. Godliness with brotherly affection. Brotherly affection with love for everyone. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you'll be in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted or blind, forgetting that they've been cleansed from their old sins. So, dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you really are among those God has called and chosen. <coughs> Do these things and you'll never fall away. Then God will give you a grand entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. There are about ten sermons in these eleven verses, but we're going to just focus primarily on verse three and just kind of glance at the other ones. Verse 3, I love when you feel ill-equipped. Think about this. By His divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We've received all of this by coming to know Him, the one who called us to Himself by means of His marvelous glory. So not only does He call us to do the things I mentioned earlier, He calls us to be godly, he equips us to be godly and to do the things He has called us to do. Look at your neighbor, if you've got one, and tell them that they are fully equipped. Say, you are fully equipped. When you woke up this morning, did you think, did you look in the mirror and go, man, oh man, I am fully equipped today. No, we don't do that, do we? But what does God's Word say? Does it say you are? Yeah, it does. You know, it doesn't matter what you feel. It matters what God says. And if it's in the book, it's true. And it says that you are fully equipped. 
tough to yourself as well, not just your neighbors, that you're fully involved. Know this about God. He's not going to command you to do something that you're not equipped to do. He's not going to tell you to live this way and not give you the strength and the power to do it. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy. We do struggle. We have to learn, though, to trust God and to ask Him to join us in all of our efforts. Jesus was talking about this in John 15, 5, that Jesus said this, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. So we have to know that He's equipped us and He is with us, but it's up to us to know that, to remember that, and to live that way. We always have to remember that He's with us and we can make it through it. Remember how verse 3 began, by His divine power, God has given us everything we need for a godly life. This is not your power. This is God's power. At times we feel powerless, but that doesn't matter because God has the power. We're going to talk about this most likely at Easter. Romans 8, 11 says this about you. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Jesus Christ Jesus from the dead, He'll give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. It's so good and so important. He says the same thing twice. The Spirit of God lives in you. Resurrection power lives in you. I want to give you a fresh example. I was with my friend Stuart Butch Friday at St. Joseph Hospital Annan. He was to get an MRI on his knee. He can barely make it from his chair to the wheelchair. He cannot walk. And he's in a great deal of pain. And so we got to his appointment for an MRI about 30 minutes early. When we arrived, and I was with Stuart, his daughter Diane was with him. And so they went in and I went in the little lobby and sat. They said, we're an hour behind. And Stuart said, well, thank you very much. And he came out of the office of the atrium where I was sitting we spent an hour talking and giggling and laughing. Although he's in pain and can't walk, everything was hunky and dory. Another patient arrived shortly after Stuart. And they were told, I'm sorry, but we're an hour behind. <coughs> they had the opposite reaction of Stuart Butt's reaction. They went listen, And they were unhappy. And they were loud. And as I sat there listening, I thought about the contrast. I do not know the other person's religious beliefs, but I do know their spiritual condition. And I know stewards. He was fully equipped. Now this is a little thing, but we can make little things big things if we're not careful. He was fully equipped to deal with the situation. Because the same spirit that rose Jesus from the grave lives in Stuart. And it's obvious. Sadly, the other impatient patient had the same opportunity or has the same opportunity to be fully equipped. But they're either not in a relationship with God or they're not taking advantage of it. And it's that simple. They're ignoring a great gift that God has given to and we all have problems and we all fail at times, but we forget that we're fully equipped to deal with whatever. 
Let's look at more of 2 Peter chapter 1 to verse 4. And because of His glory and excellence, He's given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share His divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. I love the way it begins. Because of His glory and excellence. Because God is great, because God is glorious, because God is excellent, because God is generous. He's given us His great and precious promises. What are these? That's the Word of God. His Word's filled with promises. I've got a list right here of promises that I'm going to share with you. But there's not too many of us here, so I can ask you to tell me. What's one of your favorite promises from Scripture? Just, just one. Never to leave us. Ma'am? Never to leave us. That God's always with us. He's never going to leave us. Never. Okay. Somebody else thought about that one. David? You stole David. David came all the way from Florida. You stole his idea. Ooh, that's a, he's going to prepare a place for us. That's good, isn't it? I like that one. Yes, ma'am? Eternal life. That's a great promise. Let's jump to back here with the good bad news. Hold on. However, <laughs> you do come back here and say, help. anybody want to give me a promise? Linda? Because he has always been our help. He's, he's always been our help. Shadow of You're quoting a verse from Jesus Psalm 63 7. I promise you. JJ, how are you? Through him, all things are possible. All things are possible through him. I'm going to go back to the middle here. Charlie, you had your hand up and I didn't. That's right. Uh, where one or two of us are gathered, he will be there also. That he will be with us. One or two are gathered, he'll be there also. Anybody else in the middle here? You just don't need to call on you, do you? I understand. <laughs> <laughs> Train up a child the way she, they should go when they're old, they won't depart from it. So she's going to that promise. That's lovely. God loves us regardless of our condition. God loves us regardless of our condition. Y'all have come up with some good ones today. I think your list might be better than mine. Let me give you some. And, and you, you've stolen mine, but God will always be with you. God will forgive our sins. He will never leave you. He'll give you eternal life. He'll give you strength. There's so many. And you have that. And you must live claiming those. <clears throat> applying those every moment in your life. Verses 5 to 7 give us a little checklist of how to live and how to progress in our faith. And you of all of this, knowing that He is fully equipping you and He's giving you His Word, it says, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith. Grow your faith with the generous provision of moral excellence. Moral excellence with knowledge. Knowledge with self-control. Self-control with patient endurance. Patient endurance with godliness. Godliness with brotherly affection. And brotherly affection with love for everyone. So here's a checklist of things to work on in verses 5 through 7. And as we grow in the faith, these things should be evident. Faith is trust in God and that's where it begins and then when that faith comes it, it leads us to it says moral excellence this is goodness in some versions or it's virtue it's living a life and, and getting rid of some of the old ways 
then knowledge is wisdom or discretion or understanding the ways of God where you begin to see spiritually every moment, not just in church, but at the doctor's office where they tell you they're an hour behind. And then you get to self-control. Well, that's a big deal in our Christian lives. That's a, an athletic term for discipline. And that's about resisting evil and, again, putting away the old ways. And then that gets to endurance, that you have a, a continuity in your life, but that also leads to patience no matter what the situation. And then it says godliness, and that's seeing things spiritually, um, knowing that, that we are called to be like Him wherever we are, whenever it is. Then it gets to brotherly affection, that's loving other believers. Uh, and, and then it gets to loving for, for everyone. <coughs> You want some homework, work on that list. But to be fully equipped, you have to realize that God makes those things available to you and you have to cultivate those things. Just for fun, last week, if you were with us, we looked at the life of Joseph. And I want to look at the checklist of how things applied in his life. And his life was lived long before this checklist was written in the days of the New Testament. Faith, Joseph, we saw he had faith. Goodness, yeah, he didn't kill his brothers. That's pretty good. Knowledge, he had dreams and the ability to interpret them. Self-control, well, Potiphar's wife was chasing him around and he showed self-control. Endurance, yeah, as a slave and a prisoner for almost a couple of decades, he showed endurance. Godliness, absolutely, he saw things spiritually. Brotherly affection, yeah, he loved his family, even at times when maybe we wouldn't have. Love for everybody, yeah, he even loved his chapters. And so that checklist is perfect to the lives that we just looked at last week. And hopefully, as a Christian, it's perfect in yours and in mine, or we're getting there. Back to 2 Peter. In verse 8, there's a promise. Verse 8. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So grow this way. And as you grow this way, God will use you in greater ways. In verse 9, there's a great reminder. But those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted or blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. That's the group that don't really realize they're fully equipped. That's the group that forget that Christ died for them. That's the group that don't realize their old self is gone and the old ways don't have to continue. So verse 10 encourages us and verse 11 talks of reward. So dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you really are among those God has called and chosen. Do these things and you'll never fall away. What things? Well, go home and review verses 1 through 10, what we've talked about. Realize that you're fully equipped, that God has blessed you living the way that we are told verses 5 through 7, claiming the promises of all of God's word. And verse 11, then God will give you a grand entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You're fully equipped to get there. You are fully equipped for a grand entrance. And you're also fully equipped to take others with you. What is it that you have thought that you couldn't do? Is there a situation in your life that you've been avoiding? I'm not able to do that. Well, you are fully equipped. You need to 